friends, in a little while, we will sing All is Calm. Uh, so David, Ellie, uh, Evan, Brian, thank you for setting a tone of calm and peace, which you've probably been hungry for during the uh, rushing about of this season. It's an evening to be still. Friends, good evening. Welcome to our uh, 8 o'clock service here on Christmas Eve. Welcome to those of you in the room, those in other rooms, those joining us online. Uh, we think we're going to have 6,000 people join in our service today in person and then probably more than that online. Um, what a joy. What a delight. Friends, welcome to our service. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. And Please join in in our responsive reading as we light the Christ candle. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Rejoice. Testament reading is from Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning with the second verse. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation. Thou hast increased its joy. They rejoice before thee as with the joyce of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, thou hast broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends the reading.
I invite you now to turn your worship bulletins to the opening prayer, which is printed there. Join me now. O God, our Father, you have brought us again to this glad season when we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant that his spirit may be born anew in our hearts this night, and that we may joyfully welcome him to reign over us. Open our ears that we may hear again the angelic chorus of old. Open our lips that we too may sing with uplifted hearts. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand for the Gospel reading. A reading from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. 
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Then the angels went away from them into the heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. I love that our uh, extraordinary, beautiful music tonight has come from children, kids who grew up in our church. Earlier in the night, we had uh, the acted montage, children played the parts of even grown-ups in the story. Our artwork throughout Advent has been by children. Christmas is the season for children. It's not because they get all giddy about the presents, but because children, how shall I say it? The whole story of Christmas is that God became a child. <laughs> God said, I want them to know me. So God became not as a big, strong guy that might scare the daylights out of you, but God came as just a small child that you want to hug, you want to high five. Children have 
joy. Children's advantage and maybe their disadvantage is that they have thus far, for the most part, been sheltered from the emotions to come. They have been sheltered from the emotions to come. They do not yet know grief and sorrow and disappointment. They don't know relief. They don't know all those crushing feelings that we come to have. So interesting, they've been sheltered from that, except you can't shelter children uh, entirely. When I was 10 years old, uh, I was fascinated, not just with the Beatles, but also with these uh, two guys that sang together, Simon and Garfunkel. And it was around Christmas and they came out with a new song and I heard it on the radio and I, I was loving it. They were singing Silent Night together and they were so beautiful. Their harmony was perfect, but then so there was some clutter, some racket. And I thought, what is wrong with this recording? And of course, what they were doing is they were playing at the same time the seven o'clock news, the Vietnam War, hunger in the middle. All these things were going on. It was beginning to drown out the beauty of Silent Night. I had a similar thing today. All, all day long, I, I felt so lucky because of my work. I've gotten to meet people all over the world, and they usually reach out to me at Christmas. My Jewish friends in Israel wishing me Merry Christmas. I got an email today from a woman in Lithuania. Uh, you know, a while back, uh, I took some of your money and uh, without approval and without asking your permission, I gave her your money, and you should thank me. Because what I did is uh, she told me that she had Ukrainian refugees who were coming there and she wanted to take care of them. They were mostly children, you know, large families coming. And I said, we, we'll support that, no questions asked. There's no one in our church who would question such a thing. So she sent me a video today that they had produced and it's so interesting. It's children singing Christmas songs amid the ruins of bombed out buildings in Ukraine. And they're singing songs like, have yourself a merry little Christmas or I'll be home for Christmas. You see the uh, dissonance there. I heard some painful dissonance earlier today. A little boy came up to me. He didn't look happy and jolly like so many children do today. But I've been down and I said, hey, how you doing? And he fought back a tear and he said, my parents don't want to live together any longer here at Christmas. And then speaking of my Jewish friends in Israel, uh, a lot of them have been reaching out to me, of course, about uh, Gaza and what's going on there. How could, you, how could you be too young to know about Gaza? It's almost dawn there another day, and they probably dread another day coming. I have friends there who have attended the funerals of friends of theirs who were killed in that initial Hamas attack. Brutal cruel. 1,200 were killed in that attack. And I love that they numbered the children. It's always important to number the children. 36 children were killed in that attack. How many children is too many? The answer is one. Israel's response, uh, I'm going to do a class on this in early January. I hope you'll come. I'll say more about it then. Israel's response has now led to 20,000 dead in Gaza. Eight thousand of them children. Children. My friend Kate Murphy, who's a pastor, wrote this, how can we sing lullabies celebrating the birth 
of a Jewish Palestinian child while bombs fall on the rubble of Gaza? How can we sing about the quiet calm of the little town of Bethlehem while soldiers carry out raids in that very town? How can we dare to sing of a silent night knowing that no child in Gaza can possibly sleep in heavenly peace? And yet we come and we sing, and we come and we raise our candles, and I hope you will see it as I do. It, it, it's not just cute and pretty and sweet. It is an act of defiance. In a dark world, we dare to sing carols about love and joy and peace. We lift our candles, not because it's pretty, but because in the darkness we say, God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. It's a statement that, we are with God. We have hope. We have faith. We trust that God can do the impossible, even in the worst of times. It's always the worst of times, isn't it? Madeline Lingle wrote a poem about the birth of Jesus. That was no time for a child to be born. With the earth betrayed by war and hate, in a land in the crushing grip of Rome, honor and truth were trampled by scorn. Yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The end is full on planet Earth, yet love still takes the risk of birth. If you're going to live on this planet, it's risky. And if you're going to love, it's risky. But you want to live, and you want to love, and so it's just risky down here. Dr. Uyan Kim preached earlier today, and he named that for so many of us coming here, this is our first Christmas. First Christmas without my spouse, my first Christmas without my father, my first Christmas without a job, my first Christmas, you fill in the blank. Although I would add, it might be your 19th Christmas without your spouse, and the ache is still there, and yet we defy the grief, and sing songs of hope and joy. There's always a flash of recognition when the love dawns, when love happens. I love that during World War I, it became Christmas, and uh, across no man's land there, they'd been uh, shelling each other forever. Brutal war. But Christmas, Christmas came, and that morning uh, there was lobbed across no man's land. It wasn't a bomb, it was a rum cake. And then somebody lobbed in the other direction a bottle of rum. And other gifts kept coming back and forth, and then people poked their heads out of the trenches, and they met in the middle, and they sang Silent Night in German and in English. So much love. The commanders discouraged this, said, this damages the fighting spirit among the troops. Yeah, of course love does. Another example, when the war in Ukraine broke out, I love this, being a United Methodist, a virtue to that is I could immediately pick up the phone and call the bishop over there, and he put us in touch with the church right at the Polish border. They were fielding refugees, and I think it was the second night a bus full of Ukrainian refugees showed up at our Methodist church, and a woman got off who was very pregnant, as pregnant as Mary traveling to Bethlehem, right? And she got off that bus, and she walked on our Methodist church and, and had a baby. I mean, that was no time for a child to be born, and yet such wonder, such love. 
when it happens. Lisa and I are having a first Christmas. Her dad died on October 18th, and uh, we've grieved that. We dread, in a way, tomorrow. And then at the same time, you know how this works. When you grieve someone that you have loved and lost, you should fall on your knees and give thanks. Why? So much love. So much love. I was so lucky to have known and loved such a man so closely for so long. The grief is an index of the love. That's how God wired us. That's how God wired everything. And then the last thing that I think of, um, uh, somebody sent me the other day, one of my cousins who's in her 90s, sent me a photo of my grandfather, uh, her cousin, and it was a great photo of him, and it reminded me of this cool thing that he used to do. We used to go to his house for Christmas, and I just loved going there. It just was the fab, most fabulous Christmas ever. And uh, when it was time to go, I just did, I didn't, I didn't want to go home. And I, it was one year I remember. I, I think I dimly was aware my father was packing the car, but I was in denial. I was just kind of sitting under the tree, kind of you know cooling it there. And and then my my father came up behind me. And he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said. I'll never forget these painful words. He said, son, it's time to go. Christmas is over. He could have stuck a sword in my side, and it would not have been as painful. Now, what happened then, and I know what happened then because it happened absolutely every time we left Papa Howell's house. We'd get in the car. We'd back out of the driveway. We started to head down 3rd Street there on Oakboro, North Carolina. And then Papa Howell like, oh, he forgot something. He'd come running out, stop, stop, stop. And my sister and I would roll the window down. And he'd reach his hand in, and we would cup our hands like this, and he would drop a 50-cent piece into our hands. I think about that every time I receive Holy Communion. He was not giving me money. And I've got the 50-cent pieces. He wasn't giving me 50 cents. He was giving me a piece of himself so that when I was back home, I would still have a piece of him. I would still have a piece of Christmas. My brothers and sisters, Christmas is God giving us a piece of God <laughs> in Jesus. God is giving us a piece of God in these candles, in this music, in each other's faces, in the candles that we will raise in a little while. God is giving us a piece of himself. God has put a piece of God's self in each one of us. Uh, a lot of you, I, I know a lot of you well. You're here every Sunday. Some others of you, I, I, I saw you last Christmas. Welcome back. Some of you I've never seen. And I don't even know why you're here. Some of you are here because you just believe devoutly in Jesus Christ. Some of you, you're here, you don't believe in God, you don't care about church, but somebody said, you got to go with us if you want dinner later. <laughs> so you came. And some of you are here because you're interested in God. You kind of wonder about the things of God. You don't really know. You've got some questions. And everything in between, all of us come, I always wonder. And you see like a string of lights in somebody's yard or you hear a Christmas carol and you know it by heart and it stirs something in you or you raise the candle and it brings a tear to your eye and you wonder if that for every one of us is that, that God has planted some God in each one of us and there's some dim recollection of it even though we thought we put that behind us a long time ago, we never put it behind us because God never puts us behind God. 
God is always with us. God is always loving us. It's aspirational, it's prayer, it's faith, it's trust in what will be, it's hope, it's defiance, friends. <laughs> and so uh, I love the hymn, Away in a Manger. We sang it at the previous services, although we didn't sing the last stanza, which is actually my favorite. The last stanza of Away in a Manger should be our prayer this night and really every night for all of our lives. If I were in a better voice, I'd sing it for you, but I'll just say the words, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. This is our prayer. This is our hope. This is our dream. Thanks be to God. Friends, we come to our Lord's table. How fitting on this night when we celebrate that God became flesh, God became one of us. That's what Holy Communion is about. On the last night of his life, Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. I read an author recently who said that uh, Mary, after going through terrible labor to give birth to Jesus, could easily have looked down at her baby and said, this is my body broken for you. Hmm. It's lovely. We're a United Methodist Church, and a United Methodist Church, everyone is welcome. No matter how old you are, what you think, where you come from, all are welcome. Jesus wants everyone to come to his table. So we'll join in our prayers of consecration. We'll sing the responses. The choir will guide us in doing so. You can find those printed on page 17 at the front of your hymnal. After that, uh, the ushers will guide you in coming forward. There'll be two stations at the front and one at the back. You receive standing. Somebody will hand you a piece of bread. You dip it gently into the cup, return to your seat. You can receive kneeling if you would like. We have gluten-free and COVID-friendly packets if you ask for one of those, because all are welcome, of course. So friends, uh, let us come tonight with great uh, expectation. Uh, and with great uh, prayerfulness as we do this with one another. Let us stand for the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. In the fullness of time, you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior. And at his birth, the angels sang glory to you in the highest and peace to your people on earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, as Mary and Joseph went from Galilee to Bethlehem and there found no room. So Jesus went from Galilee to Jerusalem and was despised and rejected. As in the poverty of a stable Jesus was born, so by the baptism of a suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by the water and spirit. As your word became flesh, born of a woman on that night long ago, so on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, and after giving you thanks, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with your sacrifice for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done.
Friends, would you join with me now in our prayer after communion, which you will find printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. O God of love, you have brought us together and blessed us with the gift of your Son. Open our eyes to the light of Christ, which glows in the darkness of a world engulfed in apathy, pain, and loss. In your presence, the shadows are erased, our tears are dried, and our brokenness is healed by your love. Speak to us now that we may hear the good news of your salvation. Grant peace to your children all over the world this night, and let us sing now with the angels.
I have the best job, partly because I get to see you now. The sight is always so beautiful. It takes my breath away every year. Uh, hard for me to believe this is my 21st Christmas with you, which lets you know that I'm one lucky dog to have had this job for so long. Thank you. It means more to me than you could begin to imagine, especially during this season. So I just want to say on uh, behalf of my wife, Lisa, uh, my kids were grown and gone, but they still feel part of this church family. Uh, we love you so very much, and we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Amen. <laughs>